0: Welcome to Wheel to Wheel F1. I'm Noah Hicks, joined by Tanner Hicks and Lance Ellington. And we have just finished the first race of the Formula One calendar in Bahrain, where my team, my driver, Ferrari, took home P1 and P2, Charles Leclerc, with the first win of the season. And I've got my Ferrari cap on, really repping the the boys here in the States. And... Uh, guys, I'm just over the moon. What are y'all's initial thoughts?
1: I'm happy Formula One's back. That was great. I loved getting to watch the drivers again. Even though my team, McLaren, did not have the start to the season that the Papaya team was hoping for, it's okay. But I was I enjoyed the race. It was exciting all the way up to the final laps, just as we ended last season. So it was great.
2: Yeah. Noah, slow your roll for a second. You remember? Remember just last podcast, we talked about the driver who wins the first race has a habit of coming in second so just be careful just be careful with your expectations for for Charles Leclerc but no (laughs) (laughs) but as a whole no that was a great race and an incredible ending so much fun to watch there's so much to unpack unpack and I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on on a lot of this
0: yeah so with that I mean, we've already gone over the the Ferrari P1, P2, but for anyone who hasn't seen the standings yet, we also know that Lewis Hamilton finished in P3, meaning no Red Bull, no Max Verstappen on the podium. Lance, walk us through walk us through it. How did we get here?
1: I don't know. One minute, I'm watching it. There's a chance that maybe Red Bull may even get up two cars on the podium, two both their drivers up there. Next thing I know, everything's taking a turn. So Max had pitted, and he had switched to the soft tires. And this was before there was any safety car. I believe this was before the Pierre Gasly incident. And he's going. He begins talking about some problems with his, uh, with his power unit, maybe, or something's going on with the steering. Hard to understand what was happening, but there's some issues. And then eventually, I guess those issues continued and continued. And he had to retire his car and go into the pits, and that was it for Max Verstappen. Watching it live to see him have to pull his car over the race, knowing his emotion, knowing how much of a competitor he is, I felt for him. But also, it was just fun to get some change up at the top. And then just a few laps later, Perez is trying to hold off uh, Lewis Hamilton. Same thing happens to him as he goes to a turn coming out of turn one, it would be. His car just kind of shut down on that turn with the power unit issue again. So you kind of see uh, three three Red Bull engines, I guess, today having issues leading to the three retirements. I know leading into this race, we were talking about, oh, we're, we're probably going to get a few retirements. But with 10 laps to go, no cars had retired yet. I don't, or 10, 12 laps to go. And all of a sudden, three cars were out of the race like a snap of the fingers. What do you think, Tanner?
2: No, it was crazy. We had to wait so long to get some retirements I was confused honestly K- cars kept going into each other we saw on lap one Mick Schumacher with a really clean spinorama definitely not the same as his former teammate Mazespin, Little handled it a little <laughs> bit more gracefully than Mazespin could um, but all in all it was so much fun to watch all of this I mean we came out of qualifying with so many mixed emotions. Like you don't know what to expect from so many of these cars. There were huge gaps between several different teammates. There was just a lot of unpredictability coming into the race. And I don't want to say the race settled all of it, but it definitely spoke volumes as to maybe what we can expect going forward this season.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point on, on qualifying. I mean, we had guys finishing in, the top 10 in qualifying like Kevin Magnuson, like Valtteri Bottas, who we did not expect to see there. And even when we did see them there, we said, okay, maybe they'll just get overtaken throughout the race and fall out of the points. But did we see that? No, we did not. Part of that is due to cars retiring. I know, I know, but we saw them both finish high. I mean, Magnuson and Bottas P5, P6. That's just that's just insane. And with that, I think I want to get into our first segment of, of our race reactions that we're going to do week by week is our three checkered flags where each of us will give out one checkered flag and they'll all be different to one of the biggest surprises, one of the you know best performances of the race day. And so, Saying that, I've got to give it to my guy, Charles Leclerc. He put in a great drive today. Uh, The the Ferrari looked like it had a ton of pace. Max Verstappen showed his true colors with, with his driving ability, trying to overtake him around, I don't know, for a couple laps in the middle of the race, around lap 19, lap 20, something like that. And Charles Leclerc let him pass and then went swoop and went right past him in at, at turn four. And so it, it was a really imp- impressive drive from Charles Leclerc start to finish. It was a really impressive qualifying from him. Really something that he can rest his laurels on, on, on top of the Ferrari P1, P2 front row lockout.
1: And he, he, had, he had driver of the day. He had fastest lap. I mean, that's a, that's a great checkered flag
2: well-deserved by, uh, oh, by yeah. Charles Leclerc no Charles was he was the best driver today like there wasn't anything around it he was the best driver in what is almost definitely the best car we can we can get into that a little bit later but crazy crazy great performance uh Noah congratulations you uh you picked a good horse to back for the season
0: oh yeah
1: and uh, even before he uh even before Max went out, right, when he was still competing, going back and forth, I think Leclerc was showing a lot of maturity in this race. And even over the radio, talking to his engineers, you know, they're, they're getting all excited. His team's getting really excited. He's like, calm down, guys. It's a long race. Let's stay focused. You know, he's kind of kind of bottling up that energy and focus on that long race. And I thought that was really great and showed his maturity uh, with Ferrari and as a driver in the
0: sport. Yeah. And on that with the, before we jump into the next checkered flag, I did want to touch on Max for stop and, and his radio performance. <laughs> uh, you know, he was, he was really losing his mind out there and I don't blame him. He was saying there were problems and his team was more or less telling him, sorry, you're either wrong or we're not going to do anything to fix it. And so i feel really bad for him he kind of lost his cool it was really funny to listen to but he was right and so just kind of wanted to throw that one out there before the next checkered flag
2: yeah and you know it's the same adage as it always is there's no one that knows the car better than the driver they're feeling everything and these guys have spent so much time in these cars albeit the new cars They know what's going on. And so for Red Bull almost to say, no, Max, you're crazy. That was something. And I understand why Max is pissed. I would be too. And, you know, it's a lot of cause for concern for Red Bull. They had, you said earlier, Lance, they had three different cars, including Pierre Gasly's who are using the Red Bull powertrain that had engine failure effectively. And it's a, it's a big cause for concern you saw them go quick and you saw them really fast on the straights, but um, you got to wonder how, how much work they're going to have to put in to make sure that their cars are reliable going forward. No. And really got a feel for, you
1: know, Sergio Perez, Pierre Gasly and Max Verstappen. Yes. It's part of the sport, you know, cars again, to have failures, but all three of those drivers were in the points when going down, you know, you know, one of them in the podium, the other one trying to push for a podium in Red Bull and I do feel for them, right? These guys, they know they're the best driver, and something is causing them to fail or to lose, which is a little bit out of their control at that stage of the race, right? They're just trusting in their car, which they can't really affect. Unlike maybe some other sports, if you're if you're losing or you have issues, it's more on you. But Max was, you know, I'm doing he's doing everything he can and just wasn't able to uh, to overcome the reliability issue there.
2: Yeah, you gotta feel for all of those drivers. None of them deserved it. I I felt particularly bad for Pierre Gasly, it felt like he was putting in a really solid performance. And then all of a sudden his car just was done, caught fire. That was a, that was a sight to see, but um, yeah, you got a feel for these drivers. They didn't deserve it and they were all doing some really good things, but I guess with that, Lance, I'm going to, I'm going to hear what you have to say. What was your checkered flag for the race? So my
1: checkered flag for the race, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to go with any singular driver, but I'm going to go with the team. I'm going to go with Alpha Romeo. I think they deserve the checkered flag for the race. Don't know exactly what expectations were overall across the board. You know, what analysts thought, what fans were thinking for this team, but no matter what, if you're a fan of their team or not, you got, they have to be happy with the results that they came out of this first race with, I mean, Botas coming in six Joe in his formula one debut, getting 10th and making points, getting a total of nine points for the team between the two drivers I think that's just excellent. I don't think anybody would have predicted that or guessed that before this race, even after watching testing and the practices. It just didn't seem like Alfa Romeo was going to be up there, or at least Botas would be, but be closer to the 10th spot rather than in sixth. And Joe maybe nowhere near the points in this first race. So I think they deserve their kudos. They deserve that checkered flag from me.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they fully deserve it. You know, we, we did our preseason predictions and we were not very kind to the Alfa Romeo team, despite being high on Valtteri Bottas. But but here they are coming away with double points in the first race of the season. It's really impressive that they that they were able to pull that off. And they're ahead of some competitors that we weren't sure they were even going to be competing with. So kudos to them.
2: Yeah, I'll be the first to say I was definitely wrong about Alfa Romeo. Uh, I had them last in my in my preseason predictions, and that's definitely, definitely not looking like the case. It looks like they'll be firmly in that midfield battle between Haas, Alpine, Alpha Tauri. Probably not Mercedes. Mercedes will probably be above, but who knows, to be quite frank. And um, yeah, they they put in an absolute... Performance today. Valtteri Bottas had a tough start, dropping down to I think P14 on that first lap. Um, Just didn't get kicked off well. But you saw them kind of carve through the pack and really make the most of everything. I mean, Bottas probably the biggest benefiter from the safety car. Pitted at the perfect time, took advantage of an easier uh, pit and managed to get that P6. It was huge for them, and it's going to be huge for. Alpha Mayo going up throughout this season.
0: So, on that, let's talk about another checkered flag. Tanner, who do you have?
2: K Mag, Kevin Magnuson. We're getting to our American team in Haas. It was so much fun to see Haas competitive again. And I was high on Kevin Magnuson when he came into the team. Uh, I always thought he was a, a solid driver and he had a great performance. Reminded me a ton of Pierre Gasly from last season, where for a lot of the race he was kind of just racing on his own. He he was kind of on an island, usually 4 to 5 to 6 seconds behind the car in front of him, same deal with the car behind him. And so he was he was happy going along, getting through everything and and P5. P5 for Haas. Who would have thought? It was it was crazy. I mean, we saw we heard him say after the race to to his race engineer and to Gunther Steiner, "P5, that's a win for us." We'll see. Haas, Haas looked good. P5, this might not be the first time we see them come this high this season, or the only time, excuse me.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, he qualified seventh and coming out fifth, you know, heck, I was just hoping he was going to stay in that seventh spot from qualifying on Saturday. And to come out as fifth is great. And to let you know that the constructors championship after the first race, it goes Ferrari, Mercedes, and then Kevin Magnussen. Or I guess we can say Haas. We can say Haas. But it's just (laughs) Kevin Magnuson there with 10 points in the third spot. And it was great. You know, we've given Haas a lot of a – I don't know. We haven't been nice to them, shall we say. We'll leave it at that. But we've always said we want them to be great. It's fun seeing an American team do well, and it's fun seeing a guy like Kevin Magnuson back in the sport getting fifth. And before we hear Noah's thoughts on this, I do want to give out an honorable mention kind of of a checkered flag to Mick Schumacher finishing 11th I know he was six places behind his teammate but he was on the verge of getting points here today and I think that deserves some respect and just a little note from Mick of still putting in a solid race you know in that Haas car which has proven to be quite competitive in the midfield
0: agreed agreed huge checkered flag to Kevin Magnuson P5 for Haas you're right is like a win for them That's like a P1 for them. And so it's just just absolutely huge. I mean, guys, you know, I was just saying we weren't kind to Alfa Romeo in our preseason predictions. We weren't kind to Haas either. And here they are, P3 in the Constructors' Championship after the first race. Will that last? Who knows? Probably not. Red Bull will probably be able to finish races. But here we are. Kevin Magnuson, P5, Valtteri Bottas, P6. Some names I did not expect to see there. Uh, The midfield battle is going to be fun. There are going to be a lot of teams in it, more teams than last year. I think it's going to be less tiered the way it was last year and and more week-to-week performances with kind of a very random point scoring, which is, is what we love to see. And I mean, heck, we could hit that that twenty-five points per team that Lance predicted. Hey, that was
1: that was a flaming hot take. You guys were like, well, that'd be great, but it's impossible. But who knows with with what we've seen today and with, with the Red Bull coming off the board and opening up a couple more spots for people getting points today. You know, this this isn't going to be the only race that that happens where where these guys at the top of the grid have retirements, whether that's from crashing or reliability. And that's where it opens up, you know, for for a guy like Joe to come in and get a point for his team easily or something along the lines of that. So excited, exciting to see how this continues to shape up this year in formula one.
2: Yeah. One thing I do want to hit on because I I will not go this podcast without mentioning uh, Alpine and especially my boy Esteban Ocon, uh, who I just want to point out Lance had a way better drive today than Mick Schumacher. Esteban Ocon suffered a five second penalty and looked way quicker than his teammate Alonso, past champion, Fernando Alonso, Uh, throughout the whole race. He he was quick the whole time. We didn't get to see it because we saw a crazy battle going on up at the top at the end of the race, but he held Yuki off within DRS range for the entire last, must have been five laps. It was, it was crazy, and I'm not mad that I didn't get to see it, but it must have been a crazy battle. So I just want to give a shout out to Aukon, who... I don't think it can be argued, had a really, really strong race to finish P7 with that five second penalty early on and starting in P11. He yeah, 100% had an amazing race. You have to wonder
0: if that little touch on Schumacher, you know, it, it definitely cost him some places at the start. So the, the penalty was well deserved. And you have to wonder if they make Okan give the place back instead of giving him a time penalty, do things end up different? Yes. I don't know. Mick was in P 14. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Mick, you know, suffered a pretty big, a pretty big accident there losing a lot of places. I mean, luckily he was able to get back to P 11 with retirements, but other than that, that, that accident, that spin out really cost him uh, any shot at points in the race. And so, uh, while Ocon had an amazing race he definitely
2: be- benefited from some aggressive driving hey hey he 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 got his penalty it shouldn't have been more than 5 seconds he was yeah almost alongside Mick and that's why he got his penalty do you um, got to give a got to
1: give alpine as a team their props though because they made it to the end of the race with that car it didn't yes. it didn't degrade into the ground they didn't have pieces flying off on the straights so props on that reliability and And maintaining the speed at the same time i know we joked about that but i think it was a real concern for you banner and for other other alpine fans of you know what was going to happen with that car uh, over a long period of time
0: for sure i mean we went before the race through testing we said all right alpine that renault engine they might have the biggest engine concerns then we go into the race we start the race and we say okay mercedes these mercedes cars really having some power issues last 5 laps of the race these red bull engines really having some issues they're stopping on the track they're blowing up really really some problems there but alpine made it through all the way so huge props to them finishing p7 and p9 getting those double points which is Huge for them, getting more points than Alpha Tauri, who we thought would be their main competitors for this year. And so with that, I mean, let, let's jump into kind of where we think teams stand. I mean, obviously we're thinking Red Bull, Ferrari, and probably Mercedes all at the top, kind of alone in a silo. How big is this midfield? Lance, what do you think?
1: I, I have the midfield pretty big. I really do. I think... Obviously, you're going to have Haas there, right? So, that's one. Alfa Romeo is going to be two. Alpine, three. And this isn't in order of where they're going to be, just number, right? Alpine at three. Alpha Tari at four, I think, is going to be there. And then what I'm hoping for, and I kind of have to believe, you know, as a fan, is I see McLaren jumping up into that midfield as well, right? Yes, they had some issues, you know, this past week. But uh, Ricardo didn't get to have time with their car due to COVID. I know they currently have an interim brake fix going on. I don't know how much that is affecting the drivers overall, as well as the speeds into those slow corners, but I think they'll be able to make a few mixes and at least jump up into the midfield and be competitive. And then I maybe see, you know, depending on what happens, Aston Martin Williams bringing up the rear is where I see things today. What do you think Tanner?
2: Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think where last season there were kind of clear divisions with, Ferrari and McLaren on their own, and then Alpine, AlphaTauri, and Aston Martin on their own. I think it's a little bit more diluted this year. I think it'll be Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, and AlphaTauri. I think we'll all be on a pretty similar playing field without clear divisions between those four. i, I I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not ready to admit that McLaren's done yet because that would be kind of shocking, um, but Very, very concerning things to see from qualifying and from this race where they truly did not look fast. I mean, there were were clear divisions between that midfield of four and the bottom three of Aston Martin Williams and McLaren. So it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. Um, They have the money to deal with it. So you can see a lot of midseason upgrades probably coming for them, but uh, who knows how how much that will affect their performance.
0: Yeah, I agreed. I don't think I'm ready to overreact too quick about saying that McLaren belongs in that back marker section of constructors, but it is a concern. I think I do think they'll find their way back because one thing that I'll add about McLaren being back there, their strategy for this race was weird. And I don't think it worked well at all. I think they they took a bold strategy thinking, uh, either thinking we're just gonna treat this race as a test or they chose a bold strategy thinking we're going to try to make up as many places as possible. And it just didn't work out. So I don't think that this will be as serious of an issue for them going forward, because some of those easy overtakes we saw in the McLaren cars were because on these, because these teams were on such different strategies with different levels of tire newness. I, I, I think they'll be able to compete at a higher level going forward but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, definitely something to look out for. but yeah, I mean, let's jump into overreactions, Lance, I think you're gonna lead us with this one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll lead us with some overreactions and you guys you guys let me know if I'm overreacting or if this is just this is just crazy for me to say. But we'll see. We'll start off with uh, with the top of the grid. We're gonna start off with with the Ferrari overreaction to, or is it an overreaction? Is it an underreaction? Who knows? But after seeing what they were able to do today, the speed that they had, the pace, the competent drivers that they have, I think Ferrari is going to win over half the races this year. Between Sainz and Leclerc, I think they're going to win over half the races. I think after what we saw today, you know, am I crazy, guys? What do you think? Can they do it?
2: Uh, I think that's probably an overreaction. That's that's really far-reaching. I think they're going to win. I think they have the best car. Um, and I think they have a great driver pairing to, to hop along with that. So I think maybe half of the races is a bit of an overreaction just because, you know, things happen, people figure things out. Um, and, and Max Verstappen exists, but (laughs) it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but I, as far as Ferrari being the best car goes, I don't think that's even kind of an overreaction. I think that's a glaring, glaring fact right now.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I'm with Tanner. That's a bit of an overreaction. Uh, I, I, I don't know if Mercedes or Red Bull were able to win over half of the races last year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would doubt that either of them did. And so for that reason, I don't think that Ferrari will be able to, but they showed dominance today. And we'll see what Red Bull has learned. We'll see what Mercedes has learned and how they're going to respond in Saudi Arabia.
1: Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I think uh, it'll be exciting to see, you know, I think even if they're not one and a half the races, I think we expect to see them on the podium more races than not, you know, definitely see them at minimum on those, on the podium. For sure. So this next thing I need some help on to know if it's an overreaction is not, is Haas. Haas is going to be getting points every race the rest of the way. That's the new expectation. We're going in with Haas is getting points. That's where his fans are. After seeing Magnussen get fifth, Schumacher come come on the cusp of points in 11th.
2: That's where fans should be thinking with Haas's points every race. I think they might get to a point this season where it, they might be disappointed when they go don't get points, right? Because generally just the way it happens uh, with racing and especially – what we're seeing so far this season, you expect six spots in the top ten to be taken up by Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, and then the, uh, the other four stop spots are going to have people duke out for uh, duke out for those points. And you know, crashes happen and whatnot. But uh, I think Haas really are cementing themselves as one of the quicker cars on the grid. Though I don't think that's an overreaction. They might be the top of the midfield. Who knows? It, it, it's looking very possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is a crazy overreaction. When you put it in the frame of Haas fans will be disappointed to not score points. If you rephrase it that way, I don't think it's an overreaction. I mean, it definitely took a great qualifying performance from Kevin Magnuson and a solid qualifying performance from Mick Schumacher, but I don't think it's a crazy overreaction. What might be tough for them is being in the back of the grid as that last pit stop. I know when I was watching the race, watching those cars trudge to the end of the pit lane to finally do their pit stop was painstaking for me. I I kept they kept panning to the Haas cars in the pit lane and I say, oh, okay, so they just finished their pit stop. But really, no, they're just going to the back of the pit lane because that's where they were since they finished in P10 last year. So that could hurt them potentially. But I do think that I have a lot of hope for Haas to finish high this year, especially with such a crowded midfield for just one of the two drivers who are obviously very talented and very familiar with the car to be able to eke out a point or two. I think it's a distinct possibility.
1: I'm hoping we get to see more of, more of Magnuson in the points and as well as Schumacher up there, too. I think it'll be fun. So the next overreaction I'm going to go with, and we may have touched on it a bit earlier, so we don't got to go too far into it per se, but I have McLaren's done for this season, that they'll be lucky to be in the points this year. We saw them, you know, in qualifying. They had their moment, right? Like not even a moment. Norris got 13th. Ricardo got 18th. And then immediately at the start of the race, we see Norris fall to 18th. Ricardo fell back to 20th, and that's where they were. You know, granted, they did a weird strategy by starting on the mediums today compared to everyone else uh, starting on the other compound. But I don't know. I think it's just done. I don't know if we see them making it up. Is that an overreaction?
2: I think they're going to, for any race that McLaren finish in the points, I think McLaren fans are going to be pleased. I don't think they're going to get to a point where they're as their cars as quick as any of the other four midfield teams. I'm, you know, I'm cautious about writing them off, but more than anything that Mercedes powertrain is concerning. It's just very concerning. And that's not something that they can work on. That's something that's just going to stand pat for the rest of the season. So it's, it's a very concerning thing for me. Obviously Mercedes themselves are doing just fine, you know, definitely behind Red Bull and Ferrari now. Um, But every single Mercedes engine user is seeing a significant drop off this season. That that's just what it looks like so far. And they can't make upgrades to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a bit of an overreaction because one thing that we did see last year, you know, at every single circuit we said, okay, this circuit favors this engine manufacturer because they're better, better at long straights, maybe slow corners, et cetera, things like that. There are going to be tracks where the Mercedes power unit does have some advantages over the others. And so at those races, I think we will see McLaren be more competitive, assuming they don't screw up strategy again, of course. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they have a great driver pairing in Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris and Yeah, I mean, there are going to be races where they're going to be, you know, behind the pack for sure. But there will also be races where they're very competitive. And I have trust in their drivers to finish in those high places. But yeah, I mean, they're going to have to figure out and understand what to do about the Mercedes power unit. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, who knows? Maybe they're just, you know, like like we mentioned earlier, they're just getting another day of testing them with the car. That's really all today was for them. They knew they were going to be competitive. They're just trying to gather more data.
0: And one thing I'll add there is they were they were quicker than Aston Martin and Williams, which obviously we didn't want to have to talk about if you're a McLaren fan. But one thing that you can take solace in is that they are quicker than the other two non- contenders that are using Mercedes power units. So if there are tracks where Mercedes cars are favored, you can expect McLaren to be the main beneficiaries of that uh, in terms of getting into those point scoring positions.
1: Okay. I'll do, I'll do one more of a reaction. Just one more. You know, I think Red Bull, they had a rough day today, right? They're probably the most disappointed to walk away with how the day ended. But I don't think anyone's going to count them out with a constructor championship by any means. They'll make it right back and, and no issues, right? There's, it's a long year. But for something like the World Drivers' Championship, where we say saw it come down to the final lap of the season, the final race, do we think Max has it in him to make it up? We've seen what Ferrari has right now in this rocket ship, and it doesn't help that his biggest rival from last year, Hamilton, also got on the podium and got big points. Is Max out? Of the World Drivers Championship after just the first race.
2: No, no, he's not. Um, yeah, he, he's he's not. Red Bull still looked quick all race. Uh, he started seeing problems around lap, I believe, forty three, and from then on, he wasn't gaining time anymore on Leclerc. Uh, crashes happen, right? It's a it's a singular thing. I, I don't think one retirement is going to kill him Uh, where on the other hand, zero points from a race for Red Bull versus 44 for Ferrari from Charles's P1 and fastest lap and Carlos's P2. That's concerning. My overreaction is that that zero points might be the difference maker for Red Bull being out of the constructors championship race. It might be a Ferrari runaway season, but no, I don't think Max is out of the, the driver's. Um, driver's championship yet just from this this uh, retirement. Of course, Red Bull will have to figure out how to make an engine last a whole race. Agreed. I don't think, I, I think it's a bit of an overreaction. I think
0: Verstappen is still in it for sure, but be wary. I mean, we saw today in this supercar of the Ferrari, Charles Leclerc knows how to get a lead and keep a lead. And that's one thing that is extremely important in winning a world driver's championship is getting that lead and knowing how to keep it throughout the entire race, which, you know, that, that's why one driver of the day. He, he was, he didn't show any weaknesses throughout the whole weekend. And that's what Max Verstappen is going to have to do to win the, or to repeat and win the world driver's championship again is He's gonna to have to be perfect, and I think he's capable, which is why I'm not counting him out. But it's it's gonna be fun. I'm excited.
1: No, and and one thing you know we need to note is that just even if uh, Verstappen didn't have his car issues, right, that reliability issue and have to retire, there's no guarantee that he was even still gonna compete with Leclerc for first, right? There's no sure thing that he was gonna end up passing him in those final ten laps or so, or once the safety car went away. There wasn't that wasn't a guarantee. So I don't know. I think Leclerc, you know, definitely deserves his respect. I think this was big for him. And I think this does really hurt Red Bull and Max in particular, because this was the best chance. We heard Carlos Sainz talk about getting more comfortable with the car. Sounds like he's expecting to get a lot better as the race goes on. We expect Mercedes to make upgrades and them take another step forward. And I'm sure Red Bull will as well, but this was just solely for the whole race and Leclerc stop in battle for the lead. And unfortunately his car, uh, was not able to hold
2: up yeah so getting through all of those overreactions those were pretty fun uh it's time for our rant of the week what drove you crazy about this race for me it was crofty man had a tough day out he was getting names wrong constantly it drove me crazy he kept calling alonzo alcon it was just from overtake to overtake he was he was just mixing up drivers it was It was hard to watch. Crofty's a fun, fun announcer, but uh, he didn't have his notes in front of him today.
0: Yeah, he he had a bit of a stinker. He had a bit of a stinker. He he messed up those drivers' names a few times. You know, one thing he did, and we've been calling him Guan Yu Zhou. We now know that he wants to be uh, referred to as Zhou Guan Yu, so we're going to try and do that going forward. And so they fumbled that one a few times. They fumbled... Who was overtaking who a few times? It was a bit rough, you know. I it was definitely something you notice. But practice makes perfect. It was the first race of the year. He'll he'll figure it out. I hope.
1: Yeah, no, gotta gotta shake some rust off and uh, and get better with it as the races go on, and we'll we'll see how it does. You know, can't hold it against him, but if he messes up again in uh, Saudi Arabia next week, I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: We're gonna be ranting again.
2: Yeah. Just bring me Nico Rosberg. <laughs> bring me, bring me Rosberg as an announcer. I, that's always a good time.
0: Well, I'll,
1: I'll throw it to you first, Noah. What are your, uh, what are your closing thoughts Taking away? What, what are you taking away with you from the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix, the opening race of the 2022
0: season? My closing thoughts are Charles Leclerc has a world driver championship in his reach. That, that's my big takeaway. I mean, this goes into all of our checkered flags, but my biggest takeaway is Charles Leclerc may be the favorite now to win the World Drivers' Championship with Max Verstappen showing some issues with that Red Bull engine. They've got to figure that out. And then my other two big takeaways, Haas and Alfa Romeo. They are competitive, and it is exciting, and I love it. Valtteri Bottas put it in an absolute shift, showing Mercedes are missing out with moving on to George Russell. It's fun, guys.
2: Yeah, that Ferrari powertrain is looking top top tier right now. Very scared of it uh, as an Alpine fan, but I can't wait to to see Alpine in this midfield battle this year. Um, We've heard from their principal uh, over the past week or two that they're going to be introducing some upgrades that weren't quite ready for. The opening of the season and a few races and so you know once l plan kicks in watch out watch out midfield alpine are coming and so yeah i I'm, i was very pleased with the day as a as an alpine fan but my my biggest takeaway from from the race kind of like you know uh, i was wrong i was wrong in my preseason predictions alpha and haas wow just got to give them a lot of credit. I'm expecting big big things from them this year.
1: No, yeah. and similar to you guys, I may hit on a couple of different points, but I agree, you know, big takeaways. Ferrari, fantastic. Red Bull, little hiccup. I think they'll be fine. Uh, and Alfa Romeo, props to them. Also want to give props to George Russell. I know it's because of an incident, but he did finish P4 in his Mercedes debut. And I think if you would have told, you know, anybody that, They'd be pretty happy with that, and so would Russell would have taken that when he first signed with Mercedes. One of my biggest takeaways, though, does have to be McLaren and their struggles just did not see that coming. Definitely saw them struggling, but not to the extent that they did today. And that was tough to watch as a fan, but we can count on them to bring it back. I think they have a good team. They have good drivers. We'll see them back up there. And also the parity in the midfield. I'm most excited about that. I think the championship is going to be fun to watch that battle up there, but there's a chance that we're going to have, I don't know, five, six teams there in the middle competing, going after it. I think that's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Agreed. The midfield battle is why I watch F1. Quite frankly, I don't expect it to be super, super as close this year at the top as it was in years past. And so I think, Ferrari running away with it is going to get a little bit boring. So I can't wait to dive into the parody of the midfield that that's I'm, I'm super excited for that.
1: Well, I think that does it for today and the race review of the Bahrain Grand Prix, the opening race of formula one, 2022. Thanks for listening as always. And we'll be releasing a preview episode of the next race in Saudi Arabia later this week. You can expect it midweek somewhere Tuesday to Thursday, which means Wednesday And so check that out when it comes out later on. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or even leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, follow us on Twitter at F1 Wheel to Wheel. Thanks again. And that's the checkered flag for today. We'll see you next time on the Wheel to Wheel F1 Podcast.